Welcome back to Ed Talk. I'm your host, Tamara, and this is the podcast where we talk about anything and everything educational. It all began in the hopes of helping society to understand the complex, multifaceted issues of education. No education topic is off limits, and that includes the topic of today. This week, we have several listeners who have requested some insight about guns, school safety, And this, of course, is as a result of the tragic news that we have had from Uvalde, Texas. I am going to start off by stating that this is a difficult topic for me. As I am well aware, it is difficult for many educators. I've been in some intense situations as an educator. However, I am thankful for those experiences. It is because of those intense and traumatic experiences that I have been able to reflect upon them. And through that process of reflection, I've used those experiences as a guide to promote safety, to teach awareness, and most importantly, to design and educate others about prevention techniques that schools can use in regards to keeping students, staff, and even school visitors safe. Today, Let's talk about two of my experiences so that you may better understand a little more about what students and teachers endure in school culture today. So we're going to start this journey in the 1980s. This was before the tragedy of Columbine. I can reflect upon being a student in a school, a secondary school, and we had daily fights, and many of these fights included knives. It was scary. I had come from a small town, actually, at that time, and now I had moved into a bigger town. It was still small in comparison to many of the other cities around our nation, but it was much bigger, and I was quite scared. And at that time, I was also very quiet because I was newer to the area. I was quite petite. And of course, I kept my head down. So to stay out of the way when these fights occurred, I either went from class to class using a route that I knew would circumvent the fights. (laughs) So sometimes I took the long way around or I waited until the tardy bell rang and the halls were mostly clear. And then I would literally run to class. And just pray for grace (laughs) from the teachers. One of my wonderful teachers was wise to this, recognized it right away. And the route that was especially uh, a challenge for me was getting to my science class. Because the science hallway was at the back of the school, and that is where most of the fights would occur. And I really have to pause here and give credit to my wonderful, my wonderful middle school teacher that understood what this situation and was kind enough to help me. You see, I was never, ever marked tardy. Never. Because as I passed this teacher going to the science hallway every single day, he would give me an excuse tardy slip. He already had it ready to go in his hand and he just gave it to me 
No questions asked. I never have even, never, never did I even have to ask him for it. He knew right away. He had it ready. I have a sneaky suspicion I wasn't the only student that he had a tardy slip ready for. But every day he did this to help ensure my safety. Every day. He could not change the situation, and neither could I, that there were fights happening at our school every single day. And at that point, him or I, or any of the students, or any of the teachers, could have blamed so many others for the situation at the school. We could have blamed others for the fights, for the chaos in the hallways. But we all recognized we needed an immediate solution. We just had to work around the problem until the solution was found, right? That's what we have to do so often. So at that time, a solution to keep me safe and allow me to get to class without getting penalized was for him to have the tardy slip ready for me. This wonderful teacher of mine showed me that you just have to show up for your students, no matter what else is happening in the school. I'm sure he wrote more excuse tardy slips than any other teacher in the school, but I am even more certain that I am not the only student that he helped in that manner and many more. It was at the same school, at the same time when I was a student, that a friend of mine came to me early one morning because a friend of hers decided to bring a gun to school on the bus. You see, he had a fight scheduled for lunch that day, and he had decided that a gun was the answer. She said she needed to tell a teacher, and I agreed, and we went to that same wonderful teacher I talked about before, who was our band director. We went to tell him about the situation. I didn't say a word. I just walked her to class. I practiced my instrument and helped other students while she went into his office and gave him all the details. The situation was dealt with immediately. The student was removed from our school, there was no incident, and there was no media coverage. How this teacher and the administration, the principal and assistant principal, how they quickly and quietly dealt with the situation was another lesson for me that I would draw upon in the future many times. What was of particular importance was two things within the situation. One was how these educators kept the secrecy of my friend, and no one knew. None of the teachers, none of the students, knew that she had reported the gun. That's huge. In education, if you're a teacher, if you know how information spreads. And so this was really impressive to me as a student, knowing that they kept her secrecy and they, they made sure she was protected in that way. The second act I witnessed in this event was how humanely that teacher, as well as the administration, treated the young man with the gun. They did not make him feel like a criminal. They did not treat him as a lesser human. They took care of the situation. They recognized that he needed assistance to make better decisions. 
Were there still consequences? Yes, because we never saw the student again at our school. However, I did see him many years later, and he was a thriving young man. But what I witnessed in the situation was powerful, and it definitely made me a better leader in the future. But as a student, I became acutely aware of how easy a gun could enter my school. And it really makes me think about the students that I deal with today, currently, and their perspective. And especially with the tragedies that we see more and more often in the media, that weighs on students. And we need to remember it weighs on them every day, even if they don't act like it does. Let's fast forward now to the beginning of my career as an educator. You see, I started off at a high poverty school. That means that well over 85% of the students were in poverty. They were living below the poverty line. One thing I knew when I started my career was that it was important to establish positive relationships with my students and their families. So every year, I made sure to make positive phone calls. I would call home. I would report on things that the students were doing well. I would find something that they were successful in. I would visit neighborhoods. (laughs) I would make house calls, essentially, right? Go and visit to check on them if they were absent from school, things like that. I would attend sports games if they were in sports games. If they were interested in other things, I would make sure that I supported them outside of school as well as inside of the school. This was something that paid off greatly for me time and time again throughout my entire career. But one particular year, I know it saved lives. But before I get to that year, let's talk a little bit about lockdowns. So lockdowns, that's when you either have an intruder on campus or an intruder that might be on their way to the campus. So there's an immediate danger, right? So lockdowns became more frequent over the years throughout my career, and we even had code words and trainings. And one meeting I attended, they had a student there walking around the room, and it was for quite some time. The student mingled with the teachers, and then the school officer brought that student to the front of the room. The school officer proceeded to demonstrate to us that the student had successfully concealed 25 weapons under his clothes. He didn't have a backpack. He didn't have anything else with him. He was walking around the room with 25 weapons. Talk about an impact on me, thinking about that. Thinking that a student could have that many weapons concealed on him. Included in this arsenal was a shotgun. Yes, a shotgun. The student had it under his shirt and down his pants. They were not just small weapons. 
there's 25 different weapons of various sizes. That was an impact, not on myself, but also on other teachers in the room. And the reason why I mention this particular moment is because I remember specifically at that point in my career, I saw teachers in that room decide to retire. And I also remember another teacher chose to start bringing a gun to school for protection. Now, as a new teacher, of course, both of these responses unnerved me. And yet, lockdowns continued, and we continued finding places to hide inside a classroom. It became a constant challenge from year to year. Where are you going to hide? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to take your students? And I, in particular, had a large class. And sometimes I had up to 300 students. I taught band when I first started off. And um, sometimes I would have over 300 kids in my classroom. And I had to be acutely aware that I had to have a plan. I had to have a plan of action to ensure the safety of all of us the best I could. So let's kind of keep on moving in this educational journey of mine. I hope you're getting some idea of what students and teachers go through. And this has been throughout the years. This is not currently. This is in the past coming up to today and what we are dealing with now in society and our school culture. So I continued teaching in areas where there was high poverty. I saw I was making a difference in the lives of children and even families. And that motivated me to continue working in this particular community of high poverty. One year, we had some extreme gang violence that crossed into the school. Fights increased at school until one day we had a massive fight that led to drive-by shootings and consistent daily lockdowns. It was during this time that one day we were in a lockdown. And at that time, it was made very clear there were to be no students allowed to, like, um, to be alone. Sorry. So it was made very clear that no students were to be alone without an adult escort at all times. There was no questions about this. We also, on that day, had 16 of the largest male substitutes I had ever seen. Or have ever seen again, for that matter. So on this particular Tuesday, yes, I can still remember the day, I picked up my next group of students and was escorting them in a line to my classroom when I noticed a student in the hallway alone and approaching us. Thank God for relationships. You see, I actually had a bond with this student approaching us, and I had discovered he could not read when he was in my class. Yes, this young man had made it into adolescence 
without anyone noticing he couldn't read. He had a defense mechanism to get in trouble any time that he was expected to read. So one day I was able to talk with him privately and I was able to make arrangements with him to get assistance so that none of the other students would know. So we put in place a plan, a private plan, for him to start to learn to read. And it started opening things up for him, and he started having confidence in his academic achievements because he was known for being a bad, a bad boy, right? Quote, unquote, bad boy. So I would check up from time, I would check up with him from time to time because he was taken out of my class and I would check to see how his progress was going. And, um, he was just shocked. He was shocked that I truly cared that I stuck with it. Right. Even though I, he was no longer my student, I was still showing that I cared about him. And it was because of this relationship that I built with him and because of this trust that he confided in me that he was actually part of a gang. He kind of felt he had no other choice. And so you see, when we, the whole school, were in this lockdown due to gang violence, and he was in a gang because he told me, and here he was approaching my class unescorted, well, I knew it wasn't a good thing. I would only found out I would only find out later how much of not a good thing it was. So I just did the only thing I knew to do, and that was to care about him. So I silently just slid my keys to the student in the front of the line and motioned them to open the door, like to go into class with my hand. And by the way, just if you're a teacher out there, let me just tell you, this is where teaching expectations from day one is so important because in this moment, every child knew my expectation and no one questioned me in this situation. And I only used hand gestures. So to continue, I slid my keys into the hand of the student in the front of the line, motioned them to go in, and as I'm motioning to my class, I called out to the student and asked if he was okay and walked toward him to greet him. I was able to pause his forward motion, and I told him I was worried about him because we were in lockdown and I did not want him to get in trouble. I offered to walk him to his next class, and I'm doing all of this talking to him, and I'm noticing that my students were now safely in the locked room, in my locked classroom. So together with the student, I walked him, and we walked, and we talked, and I saw some of his tension melt away as we joked, and I asked about his family, and so on. <sighs> The outcome of this was he was apprehended. They did find a gun on him. He had planned to shoot another student that was in my class at that time. None of the other students were ever aware of the true seriousness of the situation. And my colleagues were also unaware. 
Because you see, I remembered that lesson I learned as a student so long ago when my principal and that wonderful teacher of mine showed me that all humans need to be treated with respect. Little did I know, and little did they know, that being such amazing role models would actually save lives in the future. For almost my entire career now, I've dealt with lockdowns. Now, some schools and some districts are lucky, and they only have to practice the drills for the lockdowns, which, by the way, are traumatic enough. But for any student, parent, teacher, administrator that has had to participate in a real lockdown, one where you do not know if a student or outsider poses a threat or who to even trust, a lockdown where you're trying to stay calm for your students as your heart is racing. You're taking on the responsibility of every child in your immediate environment and you're planning how to keep them safe blindly without information as you hear noises and helicopters and hopefully police. And you're waiting and waiting and waiting not 10 or 15 minutes, which already feel like a lifetime, but sometimes you can be waiting for up to two hours or more. Waiting just to hear the principal give the all clear and to have the ability to breathe again. Well, this is a situation and a feeling that I don't want anyone to have to go through. And we cannot continue to have this be the norm as it is for so many in our society. At this stage of the game, I implore each and every one of us to truly dig deep for solutions, to put forth our efforts into prevention, to work on mental health, to help our youth and everyone mentally to help everyone understand what true collaboration and unity is. For it is together we succeed. This has been a unique edition of Ed Talk, and I appreciate you listening.